Indeed. 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 The arsonist had webbed feet. Welcome to Head Four Conversations. I'm your host, Jess Patrice, and we have an amazing, amazing show for you today. However, before we get started, I'm going to need you to take your pants off. Can't have that in my bed. You dig? <laughs> That's cool because mm-hmm, tonight, tonight, in my bed, it's the international lover. Okay, really, that's not his name, but that's what I'm going to call him temporarily while we're having this discussion. <laughs> it's cool. Great, great friend of mine. Awesome and amazing um, personality. And we're going to talk about, you know, um, where he's come from, the things he's doing now. And, you know, what his future is looking like. Uh, so if you would please join me in welcoming Mr. Nigel Wade. Hello, hello. How are you? Excellent. We do have a live studio audience today. So if you hear any extra background noise, um, big laughing, some <coughs> evil shit happening in the background, <laughs> it probably wasn't me. You get what I'm saying? Just a little bit of calling out. So we invite them to be comfortable and enjoy themselves, enjoy this conversation. Mm -hmm. So this first segment is specifically titled Coffee, Beans, and Poetry. Little, it sounds like what it is not, but we'll figure out what that is in just one moment. Okay. Metaphors. 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 What's up, Marjorie? What's going on? How you doing, huh? I'm doing all right. Loving this setup. This is nice, yo. You like it? Yes, indeed. It's a little different, you know, yeah. nice and comfortable. Okay. And I figure, considering the things that we talk about, I want it to be, you know, vulnerable and, mm. you know, in our big days. Yeah, fam. I kind of like this whole cover sheet thing. It's really? not, yeah, it's very texture. You must. Like are you, are you what, talking what, about what, 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 what is this? Fifty-eight thread count. I this have no hot, idea. This is, yeah, I got. I it. think it's funny because I like the little goofy rubber fingers across. I do like that. That like that little texture in it. So we'll, yeah, we'll talk a little fam. bit about a little that tickle in the there, segment. It's, it is. It is ribbed for her pleasure, but like dudes ribbed for her it's pleasure. Nice. Don't say. Right on the elbows. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> so coffee beans and mm. poetry. Yeah, yeah. So I chose that topic or chose that title for our first part of discussion is because I remember you being like a coffee connoisseur and like barista extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So tell me, like, why are you so like into like coffee? Like, like for from? real, the whole the whole reason I went into like a service industry job in mm -hmm. itself is because, you know, I come from a pretty big family. And, you know, I'm like third in line, but I was the first son. So you got all this unwritten responsibility. And it was all about just taking care of people. Okay. And since, you know, I wasn't so much brought up to be very defensive, but just to be like very kind and humble in okay. everything I did, you know, just being a service type guy that was fitting. But since I was like, I wasn't drinking at the time, I wouldn't touch alcohol. So coffee seemed like a good gig where you get tips. So it's like, hey, I get to take money and like, you know, I have always leave with cash in hand. So like a faux bartender. Yeah. Sort of like that. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. the, like a kitty bartender almost. Because it's basically what it is. Let's say faux. Don't say kitty. I don't say kitty. No. Why not? 
Don't say okay, don't want to say kitty. Okay, so we ain't going to say, we're going to say foe, not kitty. Oh, you playing at home. Anyway, so what ended up happening was in order to get this gig, I had to be able to describe coffee. And I hated coffee. Coffee tastes like dirt and it's always nasty. So then the guy who was training me, he was like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's expand on this. Describe the level of nasty. I mean, is this dirt? Is this sucking on toes? Is this, you know, licking someone's underarm? Describe the nasty. Yeah, literally. Okay. And so then I got into being able to define what levels of nasty I was tasting in each different bean from each different part of the continent. Okay. And then eventually I grew to like some of it. So then that was just my whole thing. Really? Yeah. That's interesting because I never would have thought that you hated coffee. Oh, fam. And yeah, then, like, starting off. Design thing and the different beans and the smells and the falling, like you really be like on some bean shit. Yeah, because overall, all <laughs> your bean shit. I'm just saying. But no, because it really just started off just you know it just tasted so nasty, and I was all like against the popular swag of just going to a cafe and having a, a coffee and bagel. It just seemed so damn pretentious to me. And then when I actually had to try it out so I could describe it to people. Because I couldn't just say, yeah, that one's nasty. That one's less nasty than this one, but that one's nasty, too. I had to be able to use the right vocabulary. So instead of saying, that one tastes like dirt, you say, it has very nice earth tones and a, and a hint of, of grass or almost hay, <laughs> a little bit of, of, of that on, on the on the back end of the palate. I'm just describing things like that. Okay. Yeah, so it kind of just grew on me. So by, by typical... Um, labeling nature people associate um poetry and coffee houses right and um reading and literature and coffee houses and you know learning um over the years that people who are typically involved in poetry then transition into spoken word or into becoming (laughs) um authors or however you want to you know all these different um, avenues or arms, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, into yeah. this um, literary community. Right. How does it all boil back down to, and from your perspective, coffee houses? Is that just a terrible stigma or? Basically, what it comes down to is this as I reach for a beer. Uh, yes. Basically, it came down to this. Uh, if you think back to, like, you know, we'll, we'll just say early European history, mm-hmm. you know, we have the whole middle like the medieval times, you know, knights, kings, what have you. So basically the whole sipping around drinking coffee or drinking tea, non-alcoholic beverages, it gave people a chance to think. And since, you know, caffeine gives you that, that awoke feeling and then like, you know, you're able to have energy to think deeply, like, you know, you just have this energy. And if you're sitting talking around, well, I don't think this is right. I don't think, you know, paying taxes to the king as much as we're doing i don't think that's fair and like you know what i don't think it's fair that you know they just get born into this royalty i mean if god is really with them why is there any suffering at all and Mm. people started to open up their minds okay this led to possibly the overthrow of a kingdom or a king or the royals or what have you so they stopped closed down coffee houses or tea houses and started opening up more bars because you're less likely to have a constructive intellectual (laughs) conversation with alcohol as i take a sip Oh, so mm. that's what they say. So mm. you want to have less constructive... Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> then with the opening of more coffee houses and uh-huh. the popularity of Starbucks and just like the Seattle being a social hub, not only in alternative music, but also in the coffee service industry too, it just gave people 
like almost that second or this might be drawing a, a far reach but okay. it's more we just say in your opinion so. in my opinion in my opinion it was like the second coming of the hippie era okay where people just had free thought and started to question everything why is this like this it should be like this or maybe if we approach it from this way it'll have a better outcome while they're enjoying coffee while they're enjoying coffee because now they're not so much dumbing down their their nerves or their receptors everyone's awake and everyone's just letting their mind go so you're able to think more and just be excited or you know coffee jitters whatever you call it coffee jitters yeah. definitely so then deny. naturally the writers <laughs> need that fuel to stay awake so they can write longer or something mm -hmm. or that's the that's the characteristic that's associated with this liquid Okay. And likewise, writers and poets thought that, well, maybe I'll be able to get this metaphor down or what am I trying to say here and beat that writer's block by some over-sensing feeling of just being more productive. I have caffeine in my system, that sense of being productive. That's, that's, that's a whole interesting take on that. I think that people sometimes get lost in um, these grandiose ideas of like the simplest, you know what I'm saying? Like the yeah, simplest um, composite, you know what I mean? We we needed the energy to keep our minds right. going. You know what I'm saying? We needed to be able to stay woke, so we decided to, you know what I'm saying? Hey, the caffeine was doing this, so we did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's not like the go-to, because I hate to front they lies, but the poets I know get lit. But that's another story. I'm just saying, they don't all sit around sipping no, they drink coffee no, now. No. And some of them drink tea, but they turn yeah. it up. Like, and, seriously. And on that note, I think that's the more of the, that helps them kind of tap into that, past that filter. Because there's a lot of poets, every poet will have that one in their roster where it's like, if I read this poem, man, people gonna get mad or like this might this might get me kicked out the community or they're not gonna invite me back for this feature. So every poet has yeah. that one poem okay. that don't exactly line up with that liberal side of their expression or yeah. their I support this cause or okay. these groups. Okay. Everyone's got that warning. I went to Chicago one time, this cat went up to the blue mile. Oh no, blue mile. Green mill. The green wow. mill. Blue mile. It's the liquor. Oh, you gonna blame that beer? Yeah, I am. I'm gonna take another sip too. So at had. the Green Mill, um, six sips, and you called it the Blue Mile. This cat got okay. up on stage in a room full of poets oh, and tried to say that jazz music was black people fucking up classical music. The whole room fell silent, and then he tried to explain it. It and didn't go well. Mark Smith. Got up on stage, like I think that's enough out of you. Yeah, that's what we needed. Somebody to tell us how jazz traveled up the Mississippi to Chicago so that black people could up uh, classical music. It's fucking like, up yeah, classical fucking up classical music. Did he make it out safely? He made it out safely, mm -hmm. and it also helped uh, our team in in the, uh, the little mini slam we had afterwards because we made a little tweak in our poem. Uh, gay right at dude he sat at the back of the bar that whole night i give him props for not leaving but uh then again where was he gonna go he was afraid to go outside possibly probably but that was anyway yeah that... shout out to the green male and mark smith hmm. good times fam so do you remember what tapped you into poetry like why did you say oh. you know what, let me i'm gonna do it well on the corny end of that uh, starting in high school to get over a broken heart. That's all it was. Aww. It's like you know, Nigel wasn't 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 looked at as as being a, a sexy 
man or 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 or, or a deviant you know he was just that that quiet boy that nobody oh, could really like talk to so what i ended up doing was i just had a yeah. had <laughs> So indeed, basically indeed. what happened was mm-hmm. I kept getting past the boy. I, I was all automatically put in a friend zone so many times. It's like Nigel was good enough to have as a friend, but never to have as a boyfriend, never to have. And at, into my 20s, it was never good enough to have as a lover, never good enough to have as a boyfriend or a husband. So then it got to a point where I'm just going to keep writing this down. There are so many women immortalized in my poems that are never mentioned by name with the exception of maybe two. Really? Yeah. And so Look what y'all did. Thank you. I'm saying, fam. <laughs> Thank you. Look but so you know, so even so so even yeah. from the tragedy of that, you know okay. cruel women make good poets. Somebody put that on this a t shirt, give me that thirty percent. Women make, make good, good poets. poets. Ouch. Ouch. So when we remember I remember like having you <laughs> yeah. come to the set and like, yeah. So yeah. 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 Look, oh, that was a, what is happening? What's that? Yeah, she's like, I made a couple of poets. And she took a sip. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I mean, I got some Grand Slam champions up in my belt now. Yeah. So I'm so. just thinking, um, <laughs> as far as your writing goes, I remember like when you first came onto the poetry scene. You know what I mean? And a lot of your your pieces were, you know what I'm saying, extremely um, literary based and um, soft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just, just smoothly delivered. You know what I mean? And then one day you showed up and then fucking showed up like this big, yeah. I don't know what happened. Like what, what made you change your delivery? What happened was, is that I was getting used to seeing how black men were being the target of a lot of pieces. And then I saw a lot of, a lot of, black men and how they approach the mic okay and not that i use that as i'm gonna be completely against the grain but it just shifted my point of view about what it means to actually get up to the mic okay for because for the real i was just sharing what i wrote and you know it's like oh yeah it's like little funny thoughts i had but then when i actually had a purpose to write something like i want y'all to hear me with this one and just run at it it was just it wasn't like directed toward anybody. The subject matter was still about me, but it was just the way I performed. It's like, just let it go, fam. I'm not here to to be theatrical. I'm not here to be anybody's like, uh, he's the re- like he's the reason I wrote this poem, but it's like, it just changed something in me. Just the way that people would express the, themselves with a target focus. Like mm-hmm. I wrote this piece specifically like, you could tell people who wrote a poem because they had one good line and they just wrapped a whole poem around that one line. Okay. And so then it was like, let me try that. Let me see what, what that one line is. And so I tried it and it came off as me just being this brand new dude. And it was like, oh, so it does work in this writing fashion. So it didn't change my entire style of writing, but just looking at it from that point, like that is a good line. Now, how can you explain it different? You heard it this way. How can you explain it in your own words? Okay, now, what other experiences do you have that lined up? And then that just became a writing style. Hmm. What's your favorite poem? My favorite poem of all time that I ever, ever wrote? Uh-huh. My haiku that I wrote. The book of haikus I wrote for my friend when he got married. Okay. The one, the best one was the haiku about if marriage is your only goal, then your wedding is your funeral. That is my favorite 
Thank you. Thank you. I need yeah, to Hey, hey, fam. Hey, hey, fam. Because I hear it. And, you know, a lot of cats. And this is the crazy well, part. Can you say it again one more time? Okay. If marriage okay. is your only goal, mm -hmm. then your wedding is your funeral. Okay. Once you get married, you ain't got nothing else to accomplish. You might as well die off. And so many people approach, like, marriage like that. Mm -hmm. I talked to my guy. He was marrying a woman he shouldn't have. And then he straight up asked me to be his best man. It's like, fam, I've been trying to talk to you for a full year. You won't talk to me. You won't return phone calls, text message, email. So I gave up. His sister came to me on the low. Was like, hey, I ain't seen in a while. Let's get dinner. It's like, all right, sure. And at dinner, I'm going to need you to talk to him because he's not talking to family. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. So then I wrote in the poem and gave it to him. I was like, fam, there. If you ain't going to listen to me, you ain't going to listen, read something. So, and the ironic, the ironic part about that, other places in the world where marriage is just that focused mm -hmm. and it's still playing that, that hierarchy of women have to be married by 25, their sole purpose is to have children and stay at home, stuff like that. They still live by that motto. And so it's like, if that's your only goal, then what is it afterwards? And then they find that emptiness that my husband's working later or my husband's not coming home right after work. And then they have that emptiness okay. and they're trying, like, then you're your whole definition of who you are, it changes. It's like people who live with, with celibacy. It's like, I respect someone who has that, that honor, that, that code of honor, where it's like, I want to remain a virgin until I'm married. Even now, I still respect that. But when you lose your virginity mm -hmm. to your spouse, then what? Are you going to have this backlash of the one thing that made you unique and special is now gone? So then what do you have? Make sure you're not putting so much on that one title, that one thing, marriage, graduation, promotion, that you forget that after that, your life is still going to go. The, the credits don't roll after that. It's like your life keeps going. And then you get that goal that you've been struggling and sacrificing so long for and it's not what you thought it was, then what? Are you gonna rage against God and the universe? The universe owes you something because everyone told you this was so good and so good and so kept for you that you had to fight and sacrifice and you did all that and you played by the book and you got nada at the end. Mm. It's a bitter pill to swallow. You have such a, what's the word? And it, I remember we used to have these conversations and there was, so much and I, I don't want to say bitterness like you used to be mad a no lot. you can say bitter you see yeah, man fam. i don't want to say bns you know what i'm saying which is the bitter nigga signal <laughs> but you used to be grumpy and shit you know what I'm saying? Like about was a relationship or something and go with i don't know i didn't know what it was like where did where did all that come from and how did you get like how many heartbreaks did you have? Let let me let me put it to you like this. You was mad a lot. I was mad. I was mad a lot. <laughs> Basically, what it, it was kind of interesting how the timelines line up. Okay. Because through high school, I was I was like bullied and picked on like relentlessly. Okay. And then right around senior years, when cats backed off me. Okay. By then it was already too late. I had them scars in me, and I really couldn't talk to anybody because, like, you know, my father at home, he was very tough lovish. He's like, ain't nobody got time for you crying, feeling sorry for yourself. 
you're going to get up at 5 a.m., you're going to put that work in, and, you know, my mother can console me only so much. Mm-hmm. But don't baby him too much. He needs to learn that type of stuff. So then the pen is all I had. Okay. You know what I mean? So then as it got out of high school, you know, I still had that honor code, that respect in me. I still treated everybody, you know, I didn't have that chip on my shoulder or those defenses up where it's like you got to prove like you're the baddest all the time. Okay. Like that alpha, that bull. It's like that wasn't me. It's like I that took that takes too much energy to keep that front up 100% of the time, no matter who you are. So then when it came to relationships, it was always women talking to me who were either dating someone, but it wasn't serious, dating someone for a long period of time, dating someone for an extended period of time and things are unsure. And at that point in time, people who are a women who were engaged but they didn't have they didn't set a a date for the wedding and so they would always talk to nigel at work talk to nigel at the park talk to nigel because they went to high school with them because they have problems or they want to hear things and i would talk to them so you was a habitual side dude for the most part yeah and I wasn't having sex with nobody. I wasn't kissing I know nobody. You, I nothing. know you wasn't. At that you were time, saving yourself. Yeah, I was saving myself still at that age. And so what it was is you get this dude who's taking all the psychological things that you can't go to your man with. He's good enough to talk to, good enough to fantasize about. But when it comes to stopping that mm. and starting something new, well, we got history. Well, you know we're engaged. I know our families know each other real well. Well, I, I'm going to give him another chance. He seems like he's changing. And, like, you know, he's starting a new... Like, he quit his job, but somebody has to be there for him. I have to take care of him. That shit. Mm. Nigel was always good enough to be there for that Band-Aid. But once that cut healed, take that Band-Aid off. It's like, I, you deserve someone. And so then I went into a villain phase. I got really selfish. I got really in my chest about everything. I didn't trust nobody. That's where that anger and shit oh, came okay. from. So were you like... Um, the hump around guy once you got to that phase? No, that's the crazy part about it. I was like, for real, I had it in my mind, like, they know what it is. Like, when they come to Nigel, I already know what it's about. I'm a young, single black man, poet. I already know what it's about. All this attention. I didn't have the stomach to pull the trigger. I did not have the stomach in me to find somebody, sleep with them, and run. I just didn't have it on me. So it's like, I would get to these moments where it'd be a lot of flirting. There would be like, you know, kissing to a certain extent, a little foreplay. But I could never be like, you know, I think we should, we just slow this up because this ain't, this ain't going to turn out right. So let me just go about my business. And that, and like you, I remember you telling me straight up and like, I was like, I don't have sex. I just do other things. And you're like, Nigel, that's probably pissing more women off than looking chivalrous. And sure enough. I had a woman straight up and down. I'll never forget this. She made a she made it into a poem. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she made it into a poem. Mm-hmm. She invited me over to see the sunrise. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the most coolest shit in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like quarter like quarter to four. Yeah. So I show up at her apartment. She opens the door in this silk robe with panties and a bra on that match and it looked wonderful like she looked amazing fam. so then we went to her bedroom we okay. went to her bedroom where she had this beautiful window and Aww. we just sat there and i'm just holding her and the sun came up and i'm like yo this is this is really nice started kissing kissing started turning to other things and she's like she stated it plain i was like i want you inside me and i was like hmm, i can't do that <laughs> 
it went so downhill so fast. She was like, what do you mean you, you, I was like, you know I'm celibate. You know I'm celibate. You know I don't have sex. So then she's like, are you serious right now? It started getting loud. I'm like, wait, you got neighbors. Hold on, fam. It's like, she straight up, she straight up, like pushed me aside, went to the other side of the bed, kind of scooted and was like, my pussy too good for you anyway. And I was like, Damn. <laughs> I was like, well, let me get my Snickers. And uh, I grabbed my Snickers, went outside. The sun is blazing. I felt proud of myself. Like, I'm going to treat myself for breakfast. Took myself out to breakfast and had a day, fam. She made it into a poem, and she was salty ever since. She still mad? She, I don't know if she's still mad. I know she's seen me a few times, and it's very cordial. It's very simple. Hey, how you doing? That's it. Because it's she's still it, mad. Right, it, it, it's <laughs> more, it's more mad. about her friends and people we know we are in the same circle. So it's like people she sees that know me. It's like, okay, well, let me go up and say hello because I don't want to be rude. Now, I'll straight up and down, I'll give her this benefit. Mm-hmm. She might not be mad anymore. No, straight up. No, no, she no, she no, might no, not no, be no, mad. No, no. mad no, no. I, I'm just saying. She's still mad. Okay. I'm saying, I'm saying though. I would, I would like to give her the benefit of the doubt that she's not mad. She's moved on from that shit. But we're not in a cool space outside of we're that. We're not a cool space. So. <laughs> you know what? That is a perfect segue <laughs> to our next segment. Hey. And I'm going to take this on quick. She's still mad, bro. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> she said the back. She said she done it. She well, she, over. Well, well, for the record, well, for the record, she don't have to be mad no more. So she came to me and be like, "Look, you owe me." I'd probably be like, oh, "You know." You just knocked down. I, 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 I would take that on the plate. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, men can't do that, obviously. Hashtag the two things. But, but, but a few things. But, but well, I, I think since the pendulum is swinging on that upside, if you like, yo, you owe me, I, I would take it in consideration. I would deliberate on it and be like, well, you probably right. Okay, so hold on. Hold that thought. All right. We're going to take a quick break and come right back to this particular <laughs> you owe me. You owe me. In segment two of... <laughs> Nigel Way Headboard Conversations <laughs> Y'all sit tight We'll be back shortly Hey <laughs> <laughs> 